Is Stanford the easiest opponent remaining on the UCLA football schedule? Hmm. Let's divulge into that. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Locked On UCLA. It's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. In the meantime, just telling you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. I was all set to come on here today and say, all right, the Bruins need to take Stanford very seriously, very, very seriously. But when you dive in and you see how beaten up the Cardinal are, you see how beaten, battered, and bruised David Shaw's ball club is, there's no reason UCLA should go out and dominate the Cardinal. There's no reason why they should not go and do that, which is why Stanford could very well be a much easier game than, say, Cal left on this schedule, Arizona, Arizona. There's still a slew of very winnable games for the Bruins going forward, but Stanford comes in so beat up and with numbers against the run that are so atrocious, the Bruins should come in and run all over them. There should be no reason why UCLA doesn't win this game by three, if not four scores at home, angry after their performance against Oregon. Let's dive in. UCLA, we've already discussed this Oregon game ad nauseum. You probably are tired of hearing it. I'm tired of talking about it. But it's a focal point for this week in terms of adjustments. UCLA trying to stop the run stop the pass, do everything defensively. If there is ever a cupcake matchup for UCLA defensively coming off what they just performed and trying to get adjustments, fix things, while this won't be a good measuring stick compared to last week, this is one of those games where you should feel angry, pop the pads, get ready, and you're facing a Cardinal team who, yes, it, traditionally they're a very physical team. They love to run. They've got quarterbacks who can throw it in times. You know, they've had the Andrew Lux, whatever it may be. This is a team in Stanford that is not only missing their number one tailback, EJ Smith, who's out for the year after his good starts this season, had four touchdowns in two games, two against Colgate. All right, Colgate, two against SC. Okay, EJ Smith, the son from none other than Emmett Smith. He's out for the year. He's been out for a long time, but he is a key guy that has been injured for the Cardinal. Well, stepping up in his place for Stanford, he had Casey Filkins, a junior running back who had been starting to step into his own first Stanford running attack. That wasn't too vaunted, certainly not what the Bruins just faced. And he just got banged up and left the game against ASU most recently for Stanford, although the Cardinal have won a couple in a row. He left that game early against the Sun Devils. So for the Bruins, they're facing a Stanford rushing attack without their top two rushers in Filkins and Smith after a game where the Bruins got run over by the Ducks. If there was ever a time to get ready, play smash mouth football, then this is the time. The top two rushers 
are going to be out for Stanford. Philkins, unfortunately, leaving with the injury, and from all accounts, possibly out for the year. In the passing game, you look at one of their captains, Michael Wilson. Well, he got injured recently in a Stanford win against Notre Dame, and from all reports, he is out for the season. Michael Wilson, let, let's go over these numbers. We'll, we'll, we've been kind of rushing really quickly. For Philkins, he had about 70 yards per game, four touchdowns on the grounds. All right, that's about four yards pop, nothing outstanding, but still, that's it. That's their leading rusher. He's a guy that's taken 100, in, he's had 122 carries. Well, EJ Smith, one of their top rushers, way back when early in their season, averaged 100 yards per game in just two games. He's been out. Then for a two-year captain, long guy, long year, long-time guy for Stanford and Michael Wilson, who has battled through injury, 418 yards overall this season, averaging about 16 yards per reception, has four touchdowns with a long of a nearly 80-yard touchdown reception. He's out and been out. So for a Stanford team who just saw their quarterback Tanner McKee, who's out with his who's without his top two rushers, who is without his leading receiver, he threw it for he had 57 passing attempts against Arizona State, 320 yards. And mind you, Tanner Key is a 6'6", 230-pound quarterback. You know, the old-school prototype, right? From Corona, if you remember from SoCal, the Corona Centennial grad. Very strong powerhouse in SoCal high, high school football. McKee has thrown an interception in five of his games this year, including against Colgate from the FCS, two against SC, one against Washington, Oregon State, and most recently against Arizona State. And despite throwing the ball for so many times, Stanford was able to somehow win a game when trailing by eight points at the half against Arizona State without scoring a touchdown. So with all that said, this is a Stanford offense that UCLA's defense should come in and just punch them in the mouth figuratively and get ready to come on the field and be angry to take advantage of a team who just won without scoring a touchdown. A low-scoring game against the likes of Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. And for Stanford, their last three games combined, combined for the Cardinal, their last three games have been decided by a total of four points. A heartbreaking one-point loss against the Beavers. And then back-to-back close wins against Notre Dame and against ASU to build themselves further along into their season. So they very well could have been on a three-game winning streak or the three-and-four Cardinal with only one win in the Pac-12. But as much as I really wanted to come on this podcast today and really spew this the other way and say UCLA should not take the Cardinal lightly, David Shaw and Stanford over the last 14, 13 years. They've dominated the Bruins in various shapes and forms of UCLA's program from different coach, different coach to physicality to up-tempo, whatever it may be. This should not be a game UCLA should find themselves close in any juncture of this game. It, It should not be close. It should not be close. We'll tell you why the offense may have one thing to look forward to as far as a matchup, but otherwise they should dominate. We'll tell you more about why the Bruins should dominate Stanford, and anything less is an absolute disappointment. But first, let's talk more about LinkedIn. 
as we get ready, rocking and rolling on this awesome middle of the week, Wednesday, getting ready to go. Let's go, Bruins. Trying to get back on it. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps the right people for your team, helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They have simple screening tools with screening questions that can help you focus on the candidates you want to quickly prioritize to interview and then hire, which is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one. That's right, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we continue on this very, I guess, angry rant today, Locked On to UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxlaber, thanks for continuing to follow. It's free wherever you podcast. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for the support. Meanwhile, we're going to build up the support for the UCLA football team again, building towards this Stanford matchup this week, a 7.30 kick in the Rose Bowl. And for all intents and purposes, after what we talked about in that first segment, Stanford with a quarterback who I forgot to mention, Tanner McKee, who's got that big build who can throw the football, isn't a dual threat guy. He's thrown six interceptions and ha- the, the Cardinal have fumbled it 14 times, lost it eight. So that's a team that's really turned it over offensively throughout the course of the year while losing consistent weapons. Even though they've scrapped out a couple of wins in a row, that doesn't mean UCLA can't take advantage of a Stanford defense that has been gutted, gutted, absolutely gutted by the run so far this season. Overall, Stanford, when they've run the ball, they've run it for about 124 yards per game. Their defense against the opponents have allowed just about 27 points per game, a reasonable mark, but a more absurd 187 rushing yards per game. 11 rushing touchdowns, and teams have just taken advantage of the Cardinal over five yards a carry on the the ground. If that was ever to spell disaster, if there was ever a Charbonnet game where he was going to put up another 150 yards for a big total, this could be it. Or DTR could go on a dual threat. Maybe Keegan Jones can spell Charbonnet some rest as they can find some success in the run game that doesn't exclusively need Charbonnet to run down the Cardinal defense time and time again. This isn't a ball hawk Cardinal secondary. They've only had three picks, only recovered a couple fumbles. So they're plus minus turnover differential, if I got it right, minus nine for the Cardinal right now. So they're not a team that forces a lot defensively to really think about in terms of punching the ball out, forcing turnovers. They have played a very tough schedule, has Stanford, but beaten up offensively, that leads the defense to be out there a little much, a little more longer than they should be, and you can just beat them down and wear them down. Despite a Stanford staff that's been intact, David Shaw did not change any coaches. So for Chip Kelly on the offense, what is something that maybe they have to worry about? I've been I've spent this whole episode kind of discussing what can go wrong with how Stanford, what, what they're dealing with, and what UCLA should lead for success. Well, they can run the ball, 
first and foremost easily. But Stanford, interestingly enough, despite all those bad rushing totals defensively, are a top 20 third down defense in the country in terms of efficiency. And I know I talked about it against Oregon, and sometimes it depends. You can look at those third down numbers and discuss, all right, maybe you allow two for three, but when that third down stop, that third, that one stop comes in the red zone, you kick a field goal, then that you feel a little bit different about your defense when there's less room down in the red zone, which is how Stanford could try and make this game a lot closer than it should be. UCLA, still uh, after that performance against Oregon with the numbers by continuing to fire for it, being down so much that they had to go for it, third down, whatever it may be. They had 50% conversion rate, although it felt a lot lower than that. UCLA numbers-wise, a top three team in the country in converting on third downs about 54% of the time through their first seven games against the Stanford defense this weekend. That only allows teams to convert on third down, shockingly, about 30% of the time, which is good for about 19, 18, around the top 20 in the country at the FBS level in terms of stopping teams on third down. That's that's the case. UCLA, that will be the one of the keys. Again, the key, third down, and not just third down, but third down red zone efficiency, which is what UCLA struggled with so mightily against the Ducks. Well, the difference here, maybe against Stanford, against the probably lackluster run defense compared to what the Bruins saw the week before, they can try and get a couple more first downs on the ground, change things up when you've run it so many times, and find DTR with the better options throwing the football in terms of a lot more open receivers. That just wasn't the case against a very stout Oregon front the week before. There's reasons to believe in success for the Bruins against Stanford, but the big thing is you don't want to get in a field goal kicking game because the Cardinal, have the reigning Pac-12 special teams player of the week with a kicker who is 5 for 5 this year, Joshua Cardi, and making, or he's 12 for 12, excuse me, 12 for 12, 5 for 5 against ASU, the reigning Pac-12 special teams player of the week, third time in four games. Even though Barmira was good for the Bruins in Oregon, they've got a good kicker. And despite all the injuries, Stanford is one is always one of the better coach teams in terms of being in position. They compute they are one of the better teams in terms of not committing penalties. They're about fourth fewest in the country in committing penalties per game. So they won't tend to make their own mistakes. There are certainly some things the offense for UCLA can gash. There's certainly a lot to be looking for and for the Bruins to be licking their chops when it comes to defense. McKee, who just threw it 57 times against ASU and not even for a touchdown. If your arm is going to fall off after that many attempts, at least throw for a touchdown pass, one would hope, right? But ASU held them out of the end zone, but Stanford still got the win. There's no reason UCLA should not win this game by less than three scores. You go up and down this very tough Stanford schedule, and... All the teams that they played that were ranked at the time, like Washington, Oregon, who obviously speaks for themselves, SC, who speaks for themselves still in the top 10, top 12, and they've all beaten them by about 16 points, which is on the edge of three scores to two scores, about an average of 16 points. And all those teams, Oregon, SC, and Washington, when they played 
the likes of Stanford for leading by three scores heading into the fourth quarter before maybe a little late Cardinal surge to make it a little bit closer than the score even indicated. Like earlier on this season when they played their first Pac-12 game against the Trojans, and even though it was a 13-point margin, Stanford had to score two touchdowns late to make that game look even closer. And the Stanford Cardinal, they still have to play Utah on the road, just like they're playing UCLA on the road. So all the good Pac-12 teams, around the top four or five, other than Oregon State, who had to play a road game against Stanford and needed a Pac-12 after dark good bounce miracle to get the win there against the Cardinal. Otherwise, the Cardinal would be, shockingly, on a three-game winning streak. All the good teetering on very good, great Pac-12 teams, and we can have a debate on that all day long, but regardless, all the very good Pac-12 teams near the top of the conference have handled Stanford easily. And if UCLA wants to call themselves in that category, then they should do the same, especially at home, with all the reason in the world to be angry and prove to the nation they're ready, and the second half of the schedule should be watching the Bruins and ready to get steamrolled. And maybe the Cardinal may be the first of those victims. In the end, we won't know till kickoff, 7.30 p.m. on the Rose Bowl. In the meantime, we'll talk about keys for the rest of the UCLA-Sanford game on our Thursday episode with Throwback Thursday as well. But that's these are reasons why UCLA should absolutely come through and just lay the smack on Stanford. They have a lot of things going wrong. Team that can be coached well, but things that the Bruins are very successful at doing and the things that they weren't successful at stopping against Oregon, while Stanford has just been losing weapons left and right. So the Bruins, all right, different tape to look at, but they should very well be successful against the Cardinal. And before we finish off this show and talk some UCLA basketball, the Pac-12 media poll dropped. And we'll, we'll see where the Bruins ranked in that Pac-12 media poll with Pac-12 media days also coming out for UCLA. I need to tell you, well, maybe this weekend we won't be sweating it out as I tried to explain this whole episode so far. Well, just know if you've dealt with embarrassing sweat or someone you know, someone you love has dealt with embarrassing sweat, whether it be watching crazy finishes of basketball last year, whether it be football's crazy finishes over the year, or even that South Alabama game earlier this year for the Bruins in football, or last week in Eugene watching that UCLA game. If you're dealing with some sweat, excessive sweating, you think you're smelling, you think you have some excessive odor, well, Sweat Block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. Believe me, pretty much everybody deals with it. The sweat block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And if you or someone you love is experiencing this embarrassing sweater odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available just on Amazon. Just check it out. It's with 20% promo code, 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. As we wrap up things on this bit jam-packed episode of Locked On UCLA, we discuss football and why they should truly dominate Stanford and be angry about it. It's the Bruins basketball team as more and more preseason accolades keep falling out. And while this one probably could have and should have been expected as we wrap up Locked On UCLA today, it is the Bruins who are preseason predicted to finish in the Pac-12 media poll as the number one team on the men's side ahead of Arizona, Oregon, SC, and Stanford. So for the Bruins, pretty clear favorites over the rest 
of the Pac-12 if you look at the media polls. But for UCLA, it wasn't consensus. 26 of 33 first-place votes given to the Bruins. And yet, UCLA, the last two years, making this the third straight year UCLA has been preseason predicted to be number one, Bruins didn't end up finishing number one. That's not what happens for UCLA. So UCLA is trying to live up to the standings. And despite all the success for Mick Cronin winning a lot of Pac-12 games and getting his team to the, the Final Four a, now a couple of seasons ago, the Bruins have been favored yet again. In the age of the Pac-12 media poll, the Bruins have been favored for my count, which dates back to 1984-85 on this Pac-12 website course way before they were technically the Pac-12 and so on and so forth but back to the 1984-85 season the Bruins have been predicted to finish first 10 times overall by the media pool ironically enough they've only won it four times yeah if you think about it they've only been predicted to finish first about 10 times and now as I continue to look they've been predicted to finish first 10 times and only Finished first five of those times, actually. Five of those times, if I've got a little quick math looking at They have the history on it on the Pac-12 site, if we're looking at it. So if I did my math wrong, whatever it is. So historically, the Bruins haven't always finished first when you look at the Pac-12 media pool. And even though they predicted, of course, UCLA, the blue blood, the icon, the you know the, one of the legendary programs in college basketball, you're tending, they always tend to give love to who, the team who stood the test of time program-wise. But... In recent history, when polls are more and more of a thing, UCLA hasn't, they've been up there, but they haven't been solidifying being that number one team last year, Arizona, Arizona. the year before that, it was Oregon. And for the Bruins, they've been so, so close in recent years to getting, you know, to being the top of the regular season in the Pac-12. But in the end, it always does come down to how you do in March. So how does the rest of the Pac-12 look? Well, UCLA with 26 first-place votes. Arizona sits there at number two with three. Just a few points ahead of Oregon, who sits there at number three with three first-place votes, like the Wildcats. USC, number four, no first-place votes. And what seems to be a bit of a dark horse pick this year in the Pac-12, Stanford picked to finish fifth with one first-place vote. And yes, Media polls can be goofy. They're fun to talk about, very goofy, but very fun to talk about nonetheless. But there's been this interesting trend growing that Stanford basketball this year is certainly to be a dark horse not to be messed with in, in men's basketball. They're, they're certainly continuing. It seems like USC isn't getting as much respect, while the Bruins clearing out the favorites with the returning Hawkes, Campbell, after we already just teased in our last episode about how they beat San Diego State in that closed-door scrimmage and how those two balled out with about 57 combined points. You have the tow highly touted freshman. But it, it, it led me to wonder, right, going over this Pac-12 poll, how with a non, if you go with the Pac-12, so that means 11 conference opponents in basketball would lead itself to be 22 conference games. Well, the Pac-12 only has 20 conference basketball games. And UCLA, of all the games they could have been selected for, the Pac-12, well, they gave them Stanford on the road 
to start Pac-12 Conference play. So a dark horse Pac-12 Conference favorite in early December. And oh, lo and behold, well, you come back that fall, that same weekend to face your challenger to the throne in Oregon at home while facing Arizona twice, SC twice, and still having to face Oregon and Stanford twice while missing, if you look at this Pac-12 poll, the two worst teams arguably in the preseason eyes as Cal and Oregon State, which could have been a couple of possible cupcake games either at home or on the road against the Beavers or the Golden Bears in basketball. But UCLA is certainly going to have themselves a very tough and battle-tested conference schedule. What's very crucial, we've already talked about it, big-time non-conference marquee matchups away from home, whether it be neutral site, three neutral site games away from the state of California, away from Los Angeles and Westwood, and then some very crucial conference matchups where it's interesting. UCLA, again, the favorite. They've already gotten that final four berth, but one of the two things Mick Cronin has yet to do, one, win the Pac-12 regular season, and two, the most important, which UCLA hasn't done in quite some time, which we hate to say, which is win the national championship. One, we'd love more than the other, but you'd like to get two in the same season. So the Bruins, again, the hype train begins. Officially, Pac-12 Media Day on October 26th, but this poll released just like the likes of the rest of the all Pac-12 preseason honor list for the first team, second team, and honorable mention lists. UCLA, they'll have themselves a handful when they get to open up conference play against Stanford with the reigning Pac-12 freshman of the year and Harrison Ingram. You have Oregon, who's led by Will Richardson, including three players honored on that all Pac-12 preseason team. So, UCLA is going to have some interesting December conference games before starting that big Pac-12 conference slate again, late December again, after non-conference play picks up and gets ready to go. So again, all eyes on the Bruins. And if you if the AP poll in the USA Today coaches poll were any indications, well, it was clear where UCLA had slotted in the eyes of everybody in the beginning. It's up to the team to take the court and prove it. But again, Mick Cronin has once again built the respectability of this program and back to where it's wanting to get to, which is nationally relevant year in and year out. And at some point, there's going to be a year where the Bruins are going to be ranked top 10 and they don't deserve it. But if you're in the top 10 the preseason every year and he's bringing in recruiting classes like he's starting to build, nabbing the Brandon Williams from L.A., getting, you know, Devin Williams, Brandon Williams from New York, excuse me, Devin Williams from Los, from the L.A. Corona area, if we're being real technical about it. Brandon Williams from New York, a couple of four-star recruits, one taking from SC, the other one taking it, the number one recruit from New York, internationally. You can see where Mick Cronin is building this program as the expectations, again, sky high for the 2022-23 season. Again, the Bruins have not won the Pac-12 regular season in a decade since 2012 in the 2013 season, and here we are in the 22-23 to 23 season. So it's been a decade since the Bruins, despite some love in these last few years of being a team that could win the Pac-12 in the regular season in a very competitive Pac-12 basketball conference these last couple of years. Bruins had enough slip-ups in the last two years to where they haven't been on the right side in conference play, but always build towards the Pac-12 conference tournament and eventually March Madness which is where we all care about the Bruins and how they finish. So in the end, headline, UCLA picked to finish first in the Pac-12 
And here we are. The hype begins. We're starting to get to basketball. We'll have a few more basketball segments continuing to build and build and build. We'll try and get some Mick Cronin comments for the rest of, you know, the Pac-12 media days. If he says something funny or outlandish or whatever it may be, whatever, how the season goes or something, we'll talk about it in future episodes. But basketball is around the corner. Can't forget about the football success, but basketball is also around the corner as this podcast is about to get extremely fun if you guys weren't having fun already. So go check out Locked On Sports today for making it your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. That's your second listen. It's got the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and they give you their take of the day. Mine today was UCLA football should dominate Stanford by three scores if they want to feel good about this game. In the meantime, go check out Locked On Sports today. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Just like this show, Locked On UCLA. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for the, all the subscriptions and the support. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this has been Locked On UCLA. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. Lots of reason for an eight clap today. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. Let's go. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.